I have tried to record this so many times without crying and I can't so I'm just going to do it there's not going to be any edits there's not going to be any perfection in this episode but I have to do it it's way overdue I wanted to wait to record this because I wanted to come up with eloquent words, eloquent message, a a message that really honored my dog, my baby. The truth is I miss him so much. Truth is as much as I believe that he's in a better place and his soul is better and he's better off because he's no longer sick, I still miss him. And I feel like a piece of me, a piece of my heart is missing. I don't think I have ever experienced grief at this level before. I have experienced grief before. I have lost loved ones before. But it has never been as painful as confusing and messy as losing my baby. And because he meant so much to me, because Coco meant so much to me, I wanted to talk about it. I've been wanting to do an episode. Not doing an episode for me would be like not recognizing or honoring how big part of my life he was. If you don't know, Coco was with me all the time. As an entrepreneur, I had the privilege to work from anywhere and I had the privilege to bring him along everywhere with me and I traveled with him everywhere. He was always there, whether I was doing a Zoom call, whether I was recording something, whether I was in this room doing the podcast. He was always here, you guys. And I know he's watching me and I know that his soul lives on and at the same time I really miss his presence I miss his little body his fluffy hair and I've been pushing this off and just waiting it out because I wanted to be composed and eloquent and tell you how amazing Coco was in the best words possible But I gotta tell you, grief is messy. If if anything, I have learned that grief is messy. And everyone experiences grief differently. And the stages, you just go back and forth, back and forth. And there's no order to the stages or the intensity or um, anything that you can really predict. (laughs) I have my beautiful days and I have been so blessed and I've had wonderful days and I've also had days where I just break down and I'm sharing this because I'm not the only one that's experienced or that's experiencing loss and if you are or you have, I want you to know that you're not alone or crazy. Now that I'm experiencing it myself, I I feel so isolated 
so misunderstood. There's nothing that anyone can say to make it better. There's nothing that anyone can do to make it better. And I find myself speechless now when I've come across people who have lost a a loved one recently after I lost Coco because I truly understand that there's nothing that I can say or do to make it better. And I know that the pain is so real. The pain is so unbearable at times. And another challenge that I have encountered having lost my lovely baby, my pet, as some would call it, to me he was my baby, is that a lot of people think that it shouldn't be as painful or that I should move on faster because he was just, as some have said, a dog. And hearing those comments, I, I cannot possibly understand those people. I cannot understand the lack of empathy. I cannot understand where their heart is or why they would say something like that to someone. <laughs> I, you know, it, to give you an example, I'm not a cat person, but if someone loses a cat, I, I'm going to feel it for them because they loved that cat, even if I'm not a cat person. And someone's not a dog person or you don't understand the bond that a human can have with a dog that's okay you don't have to understand that but understand that to me Coco was my baby and to me he has been way better than most humans (laughs) so I don't care what you your perception of a dog is or how fast you think that I should move on from a dog (laughs) I care that Coco loved me unconditionally and I loved him unconditionally and that's what's most important to me and compassion and empathy means feeling it for the other person whether you understand their pain or not. It's not about how much you understand it or how much you value the thing that they lost. It's about their loss. It's about how much that meant to them and it sounds common sense but Surprisingly, I have heard it all, and it feels very gaslighting. It feels very, like, dismissive, and it's sad. It's sad. Uh, Today, I want to share a little bit about Coco because I know not a lot of people. In fact, most people don't know unless you're super close to be the story. Coco meant a lot to me. I've had Coco for nine years. I had him for nine years. And when when Coco came into my life, I was not planning to have a dog. I was not looking for a dog. I, I was actually trying to help out. So my mom had taken a dog in, a, a female dog for her friend. She needed a temporary home. And my mom already had a male dog, Bam Bam. And, you know, we he wasn't fixed, but also he never went mm-hmm. anywhere. He never went outside. He, he was a house dog. And so it turns out he impregnated the, <laughs> the female dog. And so her name was um, Tiny. And anyway, she got pregnant and then... You know, the friend couldn't take her back in while she was pregnant, so we took care of her. 
and the day that she was gonna give birth I did a little research and to find out how to care for her and the, and the babies and you know I was trying to do it and, and they started coming out and they were all pretty slimy and at the time I was like oh this is gross you know <laughs> um but they were all coming out and crawling to, towards her and like latching on you know and I had read that they had to latch on to the mom so that they could live and that that was important. And so then Coco comes out. He comes out and he kind of like slipped across the floor in the bathroom and he couldn't make it back because he was so slimy and slippery. <laughs> and he was kind of chubby already. He was born like a little round little ball. So cute. And, you know, at the time I was like, oh, it's kind of gross, but I'm going to pick him up so I can him by the mom and in that moment when I picked him up I felt such a strong connection it was like an instant connection um I don't know I just I loved him I loved him from the moment that I grabbed him I didn't feel gross nothing like I just loved him and I felt like he loved me too like we had this instant connection and I don't know if it's because I touched him first before he got to his mom but I could feel throughout our entire relationship for the next nine years that he knew I was his mom you know um so anyway I put him by his mom and I just felt like I'm gonna keep him he's mine you know he's my baby well I didn't know how much he meant to me at the time because it seemed so casual and something I wasn't looking for but Something that people don't know. And I don't even think I, I acknowledged that at the time. I wasn't aware of what happened in that moment of the gift. I became aware of it later on. But I had just been going through a divorce. And I had just had a miscarriage. Which, looking back, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, that relationship was ending so... You know, it probably was for the better, but in that moment, like when Coco came into my life, I didn't even think about that. I wasn't trying to, you know, find support or find a partner, find a date. I was just like, it was a time in my life where I was just trying to grow, you know, kind of like what women do when we break up. We want to, you know, I was like finishing my second degree and like, you know, got a, a promotion at work you know all these things like I feel like women when we have a breakup we like totally just like have a glow up and I was kind of going through that so I didn't I didn't realize like Coco you know came in as a support and it was a gift it was a gift from God because I wasn't looking for it I wasn't like looking for a rebound anything like that like I wasn't like I was really like on growth mode but it's like God was like well here's a little gift for you um, and looking back, you know, reflecting over the years and seeing how much of a big support Coco was emotionally and just in every way, just like a partner. I would, you know, I was into hiking and traveling so much and like by myself at the time and Coco would come with me. He came along. There were so many times when I would get lost on trails, like every single time, like I swear I'm that person, I'm that friend that like, you know, you go hiking and then I can't remember what the way back is like I'll see one little one little something that 
remotely looks like another trail and like I'll be like was it this trail or was it that trail you know when I've been with friends they're like no that's not a trail you know like but if it looks like a little trail if it if it looks anything like you could go that way I just I would get confused right um when I started hiking with Coco I always felt safe and like he always of course remember the way because he could sniff his way back and so he would always take the lead and it was just like safety like every memory I have with Coco when I look back now that I processed it was that safety like whether I was hiking when I, when I was moving to San Diego you know I moved in like this huge u-haul by myself and i had never i didn't know anybody in san diego i had never driven a u-haul like such a big truck the biggest u-haul out there you know full of things that i would i i thought at first like if i stop at a gas station they'll notice them by myself but then like i thought oh well i have coco like it was always like something right some reassurance like well i have coco they'll see i have a dog i know coco will protect me you know um he was just always there like no matter where I go no matter where what picture what season I opening my phone like I have pictures with him like I I just uh I just learned to live with him you know it's like if you have a baby you baby you know like they stayed a baby for nine years or ten years or whatever like if your baby always stayed a baby like they're always dependent on you they always they're always there like you know it's just like such a huge bond that I had and he was just the sweetest boy something that I loved about Coco and that you know I appreciate a lot is sweetness like I consider myself a sweet person I actually whenever I've asked people like describe me one word or two words like one of the main words that comes up is like sweet like I feel safe in that like I love sweet people I love sweet beings sweet souls and like Coco was that Coco was like a consistent sweet soul for me you know and like I understand that most humans we can't give that we we are sweet even if we're naturally sweet like you know we have we have our tempers or we have our moments but like dogs are so loyal dogs are so consistent you know they're they, they don't change they're always like that they're always there they're always lovey they're always like even if you leave you come back and it's like they missed you like you know you left forever and so I'm sharing this because unless you have experienced something like that like you may not understand the bond and the importance and to me Coco was my little guy my little sweet boy that's what I called him I called him my sweet sweet boy that's that's my sweet, sweet boy. <laughs> uh, and I meant it, you know. And I miss that. I miss his little eyes looking at me with so much love. With so much sweetness. And, and I wanted to do this, like I said, eloquently. And I've been waiting. But this is who he was to me. And please, I don't think I want any pity whatsoever. Like I said, there's nothing that people can say or do. Like, that is not what I'm sharing. I'm sharing because he deserves it. Like, I don't want his memory to go away. I I want to honor him. You know, this is one of the most important things that I do. Like, my podcast is where I share with you more 
more deeply. And I would be like faking it if I didn't share about Coco because he was such a big part of my life. So to overlook that or not to include that in my podcast would be just, it would honestly be horrible to me. It would be like I'm not honoring him. Um, I want people to know how sweet he was. I want people to know how amazing he was. Uh, and I want you to know that I don't know who you've lost. I don't know if you love some, someone and you love them. And you know that only you understand that bond. I can tell you all the stories about Coco. And it's not the same because you didn't have that bond with him. And. Whoever you may have lost, I I didn't have that bond with them, you know? Another thing that I've learned in this journey that I'm still learning how to navigate is that things are okay. Like, things will be okay. You know, I told Coco, partly because I wanted him to let go. Let me share a little bit about that. So, Coco was... Around last year, so 2020, around the summer, like, he started having this head tilt, and they didn't know exactly what it was, but we went everywhere, we tried everything, and pretty much the vets would say that it would get worse, and he eventually would lose movement on that side, and eventually not be able to walk, and, you know, we didn't know how long that would take. I'm surprised because afterwards, when I did my research, it can take like a couple of weeks, but for Coco, it took like a whole year. So basically, even though he had a head tilt, he fought so hard. He was so strong. Like I, I don't know how, but he delayed that process so much, a whole other year. So for a whole year, Coco was fine, just the head tilt, and he couldn't blink on his left eye, which you know was kind of sad because we would have to do tears throughout the day, but. You know, there was always the risk that he could get a dry eye and lose it. So we already started having concerns. And, you know, he was just so strong for a whole year. Thankfully, we got to spend so much time together during 2020. Even more time, right? Like, even more, like, where everything was at home. We had to stay at home. I was grooming him. I was doing everything, you know? So we got to do that. And then come summer 2021, you know, he started declining a little bit. Like, he, I remember the first time that this happened. So, he went on a walk. And next thing I know, his paw is bleeding. And I was like, why is his paw bleeding? Like, it was scary. It was so scary. Like, all of a sudden, like, blood gushing out of his little paw. And it turns out that he was scraping his nails. Because at this point, I guess he started losing even a little more balance towards the left and so you know he was kind of like scraping I guess he was what the vet explained he was scraping the 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 floor when he walked you know and and I guess that one time like it just it got worse like he had more weight on that side and so you know his his nails got sensitive and started bleeding out of his nails so that was like the next sign but again it took a whole year instead of a couple weeks as it usually does and then couple weeks later you know um it happened again the blood thing and then a couple weeks later 
he started sort of like leaning on things at times so it wasn't always but he kind of started leaning he'd be walking and he would instead of walking in the middle of whatever space he would go towards the wall and kind of walk by the the wall and I thought well maybe it's his eye that he's losing vision so he needs like some like a guide or something but if you know eventually he was losing his balance and towards the end of the summer 2021 I decided that I wanted to go to Mexico and spend a whole month with him. At least a month. We wanted to do more, but we planned for a whole month. And, you know, we hung out. We went to the beach. We did so many things together. There were times where after, like, walking two blocks or something, he would start getting tired. Like, he wanted to lean on things more and more, like on trees or whatnot. So, like, I would pick him up. So... I saw that from like a whole year just ahead till to like all of a sudden in like the summer, I saw it declining more and more. And I took him to so many vets, like here in the US, in Mexico, which by the way, Mexico vets were way better. They they cared more, they asked questions, they spent so much time with me and would listen to the stories and would try to figure out what it could be. And they were just so, you know, vets in the u.s you're in and out like you're in two minutes with a vet and then you're out and then they quote unquote are gonna check him you know but you don't know what really happens vets in mexico you are in there you see everything that they're doing they're working with him really such a big difference but um you know after trying everything everybody would say it seems like it's neurological and it's not really something that can be fixable we did all kinds of scans all kinds of tests his blood work was perfect. The last x-ray we had of him, the vet was so impressed because she's like, he doesn't even look nine on the x-rays. Like, he actually looks like a younger dog. So, he's really healthy. Like, his bones are super healthy. Everything else, his posture, his back, like, everything was so healthy. And so, we never had clarity on, like, what's really happening. We just knew that it was going to get worse because once he wasn't able to walk, eventually they're like if he's not able to walk like obviously that's rough on a dog because it's sad for them and um but the vets would always tell me you'll know if it's time for them to go or if they want to let go because they'll stop eating and drinking and that's the thing about Coco he never stopped eating or drinking he he literally like was always like such a foodie like he loved food like he always just like swallowed food pretty much like he wouldn't even he would inhale his food and he kept doing that even when he started losing his motion he did not lose that motion okay like he was eating and eating and eating and like you know it just seemed like he was really otherwise healthy no pain it was just he was losing like mobility and so um fast forward we go to Mexico again he had lost the mobility and then we came back from Mexico and he um he literally just declined like so fast after that it's like almost like he knew that we had to spend time together and that his time was coming because he just within like a week after coming or something like he was not getting up anymore he would barely get up like if he needed to go to the bathroom he would get up and then like another week the next week like we he would tell us that he needed to go to the bathroom but I had to pick him up to go and I had to hold him up and then when it really got bad was when you know he would go to the bathroom but he would have a hard time he's like 
he was losing mobility inside to where like he it was really hard for him to push and they tested him for that to the vets and they said you know he's not he's not really pushing that much when he has to go to the bathroom like his muscle is not getting the signal from his brain to like make that motion like contract right so you know at that point they were like you know you have to know that you're gonna have to put him down like sooner than later right like it's like it's coming like basically the time is coming and so what I wanted to say with that and, and I'll continue the story but I wanted to say to this point is that Coco gave me so much time like I feel like God gifted me like the whole last year that I had Coco was like a gift because I read that based on what they thought he had like that's like a two-week thing like you know, they lose mobility in like two weeks and then they stop walking and then they can't go to the bathroom and then, you know, you have to put them down. So like I had a whole year to process, to know. And like I was very aware, like of every day with him. I spent so much time with him. Like I said, he was always with me regardless, but just looking into his eyes every morning, putting him on my chest, like just knowing and praying and just looking at him and having that connection and then the next thing is that my friend a really good friend one of my best friends in san diego she sadly had lost her cat and she obviously loved her cat like her baby too and she is such an amazing beautiful friend that's always been there always very insightful and because she had experienced this she started really helping me navigate through this process of like preparing for grief which that in itself is a gift you know a lot of people don't get to do that when it's a sudden death but at least I got to prepare for grief and she she helped me so much like she told me what it would feel like she told me to get his paw prints while he had life right like so life would be in it she told me to you know um just prepare cut his hair you know whatever I wanted to keep and um just take photos whatnot she literally was there for me and like I cried so much and like I knew that she understood and that that felt good just knowing that she understands like she didn't need to say anything sometimes because I just knew that she understood and she could empathize and um she was such a blessing she's still a blessing she was always a blessing but shout out to you Gracia because she was such like a support in that time and um, you know, she would tell me, like, you're gonna have to put him down, you know, you're his mom, like, you have to do what's best for him, and this and that, and I knew that, I knew that, and I was willing to let go, I'm someone that's always learned to let go, right, when the time is right, when something is, when something needs to happen, I let go, and I would tell God every night, like, God, I let go, like, I surrender, you know, if it's his time, I surrender. I want him to be healthy. I don't want him to be in his bo- in this body anymore. The last couple of days, he, or I would say probably the last week, he, he started losing weight because he wasn't moving anymore. So because he wasn't moving, he wasn't using his muscles. I even got him a wheelchair for dogs and, you know, because I wanted him to at least try to move. And he, he would try. That's the thing about Coco. He would try to move. He would on the wheelchair he would push his legs you know so it's not like he was um you know paralyzed he wasn't paralyzed he had the ability to move it was more like 
he had lost the strength to do it. And so, um, or he had sometimes didn't understand when he needed to do it. So like if I was in a wheelchair and I started pushing the wheelchair, then he was he would move the legs, right? Or but then he if he was using the bathroom sometimes he wouldn't. He wouldn't understand. He his brain wouldn't communicate. Anyway, so when he started losing weight, it was pure muscle weight, like he was still eating, but like his muscles were you know, just breaking down because there was no motion there. So I literally just, you know, just knew at that point, like, this is it. Like, I'm not going to have my little baby, you know, just not moving and not be able to run and losing weight and all these things. And I knew it. So I would pray like, God, just, you know, I... I personally, like, I'm letting go, but can you take him naturally? You know, can you take him naturally and painlessly? Because I just can't see myself going to a bed and, like, injecting something. And it was just hard. And I'm a manifesting person, so I'm like, can you just please give me that? Like, I, I'm i asking for a favor. <laughs> you know, I'm asking for a friend here. And I would tell Coco too, like, mom, he's going to be okay. I wanted him to know that so he would let go because I knew at that point when I would look in his eyes that he was just concerned for me, that he was holding on for me. And so there was one night where I was just like, I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it tomorrow. I have to take him in. And they told me to just call the day that you're going to take him in. And so I was like, tomorrow I have to take him in. So that night... We cried, we said goodbye, we we talked to him, we told him how much we loved him, I made some videos, like, just to have for me, like, put him on my chest, which I loved, he would always just lay on my chest, and even when I had anxiety, like, I had experienced anxiety throughout the years, like, you know, I would hold Coco, and, like, that was my support, that was, like, my peace, you know, um, and I know that he, he was there for it, you know, he's, it's like, he loved it like he he to him it was like he owned that he loved doing that he he would come to me he knew how I was feeling you know and he knew when I was happy he knew when I was sad and so he always showed up for me that in the way that I needed him and um I um that night I was crying and then no, he was like, do you want to go with your family tomorrow? My family lives in Utah, which is like a, a 10 to 12 hour drive. And at this point, we didn't think Coco would get on an airplane because they have to be healthy to get on an airplane. And you don't know what the air pressure is going to do to them. And he was already super weak. And so I, I was like, we'll have to drive. And he's like, that's fine. If you want to drive, let's drive. And basically, the next morning, we got up and we drove and we drove and we drove and you know I was doing little videos and having him on my lap and he was just mostly be sleeping and at this point he was very calm but he was sleeping a lot you know it's just it felt like the time was coming like I knew the time was coming so we're like let's do it in Utah with my family because they were a big part of his life too he was literally born in my mom's bathroom <laughs> anyway so you know, as we get into, we get to Utah, we exit, and back in the day, whenever we did a road trip, Coco always knew when we were getting to my mom's house, like, whenever we were a couple blocks away, he would start jumping and sniffing out the window, and, like, he just knew, right, that he recognized the smells, and so it's like, he knew, he knew this time that we were getting there 
And as soon as we got there, as soon as we got there, Coco coughed a couple times and then he took his last breath. He took his last breath. He he inhaled and he exhaled and his neck just went limp and it happened in such a peaceful way that I knew what had just happened but it's like I was like floating on a cloud or something like I I just I felt peace and I felt I felt peace for him I felt like he let go when he wanted to let go and I felt like he felt supported and he felt safe and and also I feel like he gave me the gift of not having to do something so difficult for me I felt so peaceful in that time and I knew that it would hit me later I knew all that but in that moment I was peaceful and we were sitting in my mom's kitchen and I was still holding him and my mom's dog started looking towards the kitchen we were we were basically behind him so there was no one in front of him and he starts looking around like following something like in the air but there was nothing there that we could see and we we knew it was Coco's soul and he kept following him because that was his son (laughs) and then next thing you know he's like pawing the air and we knew that he was pawing Coco and saying goodbye and it was just such a beautiful peaceful moment and at that point I called the vet because we were supposed to take him in and I asked, like, do I still take him in? Like, he passed naturally. And they're like, well, no, you can just call this number and, you know, to get a cre- get the cremation process going and all that. And we called and <clears throat> we said our goodbyes, held him a little longer. And I was going to have an interview two hours later. And I knew that Coco wanted me to always be happy, always do my best, always show up and I wanted to still go through with it and then I knew that I was gonna break down but I was delaying that because I wanted to go through with it. I didn't want to cancel, I didn't want to reschedule and because I wanted, I knew Coco Soul was around the house and I didn't want to be sad. I didn't want to be sad because I promised him the night before that mommy was going to be okay and that I was ready. And sure enough, the next morning after I told him that, he let go and finished the interview. And then I wanted to write or say something or record something or talk about how I felt, but I just literally had no words. I had nothing. I just felt... Like, I had lost a little piece of me. And it felt quiet. And it felt desolated. And I just didn't even... I cried when I we took him to the cremation place because I had to say goodbye to his body. And I told him I was going to miss his fluffy ears. You know, I would always put them in my face and, like, wiggle them. And he would always come and kiss me. And I feel his fluffiness on my face. And... I had a breakdown then and having to give his body to someone like to just let go like that was extremely difficult I 
hesitated like I would kind of start giving him away and then be like no give me another minute give me another minute like that was so hard to just give him away but at the same time like after that happened like again I, I was just numb I just felt numb and then the night that night I did cry and I was emotional and everything was emotional and like I said I I I had lost my grandparents who I grew up with and I loved. I mean, if you're Latina, you know that we love our grandparents like our parents, right? Sometimes it's better. <laughs> you know, we grew up with them. They practically raised us and I loved them, but it was a, just a different kind of grief. Like Coco was my life. Coco was with me every day. <sighs> and so I really, really missed them and I really just... It was it was hard and it was the beginning of that grieving process and I remember I started looking up grief um, articles and everything that they said resonated so much and I I just couldn't express my own grief to anyone I just couldn't I would just cry by myself and that's something that happens all the time now where it hits me the most when I'm quote unquote alone I know I'm not alone but. You know, when I'm just in my room, when I get home, you know, and and it's just me and it just hits me when it's just me in my bed. The first couple months, because technically speaking, <clears throat> it's been almost two months. And so the first couple months, I, and it feels like it, it was yesterday. It feels like it was yesterday. But the first couple of months, the first couple of weeks, I would get up and, and, and think like, oh, I, I got to give Coco water. I wanna, I have to take Coco out. Like, it was still autopilot for me to think that. And it would take me a couple of seconds to be like, oh, he's not here, you know. Um, going to restaurants, right? Uh, and not having to ask, you know, oh, we need the patio. Or like traveling, taking a plate and, you know, not having to go to the the res- the reception and be like oh here's his uh card to travel with me so all these things you know it hits you every time I mean I everywhere I went in San Diego with Coco so everywhere I went after he passed it was my first time there without him you know it was a complete different experience because of that um because he wasn't physically there and I know he's my little angel and he's always there his soul is always there but you know, just getting the realization, like, I'm not going to hug his body right now. It's just hard, but it would hit me the most when I got back home. And I'm sharing that because I feel that's okay. You know, I feel that's okay to be broken and to cry and and to miss him. And there's a lot of expectation that other people have, like, move on already. It's already, someone told me, it's already been a month. <laughs> and... I, the first thought that went across my mind, which obviously I didn't say because I'm not cruel, is what if your son passed away? Would you get over it in a month? <laughs> but I, I don't even have, you know, the, the I could never say that to someone. But I was just like, how could you say that? You, you have a son, you have a baby, like you love someone unconditionally. Someone loves you unconditionally. Like you know that love. <sighs> So it's hard, it's messy, it's not pretty, it's not predictable, you can't hack your way past it, you can't hack your way 
work your way out of it. It is what it is. Grief is what it is. And I'm in for it to feel it. And part about that was doing this podcast episode because the time keeps passing and he deserves to be acknowledged. Like, you have been listening to this podcast and you know what's important when I open my business or whatnot. Well, the most important thing in my life is my cocoa. And, you know, why not talk about it? Like, that that would not be honest. And I wanted to share about that and about grief and, and my process. And, you know, life is not perfect for anyone. And we all have our own challenges and pain. And, and as painful as it has been, it also has been beautiful. You know, it also has showed me that I knew a love so big that there's no time there's no physical distance anymore like now it's like I still feel his love so much and like I feel that it has been such a privilege to have known that love and that if I didn't have this pain it's because I haven't experienced that love and so I feel honored in so many ways and I feel honor that if I feel like I lost something it's because I had gained something in the first place and I had this and some people don't even know this love maybe I don't know but I feel blessed and I feel optimist that optimistic that this love exists that you know that I will experience it whether it's when I have my babies another dog I don't know what it's gonna be but I know that it's there and it's a beautiful thing and that we can love again and no one is going to replace Coco and no one is going to be Coco and no one's going to have the bump that we have and they're not going to do the cute little things that he did and maybe they're not going to look at me exactly how he did but it's still going to be special in their way with this new connection that you know it's still going to be super special and irreplaceable in their own way and that's a beautiful thing. So there's a lot of beauty that comes with it. There's a lot of lessons and, and an increased sense of empathy. I'm an empath, actually, so I've always been able to feel people's pain, anxiety, whatever. But now I understand grief. And it was crazy because after Coco passed, like all these people came into my life that were experiencing grief. Like even people that came to see FedEx quarters in my space like we all of a sudden got all these people that wanted to host like a celebration of life here when we never got those before but I don't know why they were they were not even people that knew me so it was almost like I was getting the opportunity to hold space for other people and when they would come and see the space I would happen to be here which I never gave tours um myself but somehow I was there and I was able to really empathize and really you know hold that space and know that when they were hosting at my space like sending that love and the vibe and and making sure that that it was a loving kind space and uh, you know friends and other people like just having being able to be a blessing because I understand it it's also a beautiful thing so there's a lot of beauty there's also a lot of pain a lot of craziness a lot of crying a lot of laughing sometimes I just remember the good times and I just laugh I watch the videos but 
I do want to say that my little boy was so special. My little boy taught me so many lessons about love, about sweetness, being authentic to that. I was always sweet, you know, and sometimes, like, you want to, like, be like, oh, I'm going to be rough. I'm going to be, you know, whatever. But I couldn't. I couldn't. Coco was so sweet to me that that constant reminder of what it's like to show up like that, that what it's like for someone to show up with me with sweetness and kindness, you know, and I want to show up like that to this world and to people because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that and it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing and it's it's far more valuable than any sermon anything that I can say it's just that sweetness that kindness that you know I would approach he would come to me or I would approach him and just feeling that love and anybody that knew him that got close to him that picked him up that really opened themselves to him, knew that, and felt that. And I want to thank my friends and anyone that was there, that was there for me, that was there for Coco, that had some friends throw a celebration of life surprise, and, you know, they created some custom art, and it was just beautiful. So I'm really grateful for that because something about empathy it's not about what you think is important. It's about what the other person thinks is important. And, you know, a lot of my friends that were actually there for me, you know, like I said, some of them are cat people, you know. Maybe they, they've never had a dog. They, you know, to them, maybe it's not that important of a connection, but it was important to them because it was important to me. And isn't that beautiful, right? That not just when it comes to grief, but that we can love people and understand them and empathize even if it's not something that we value that we understand that we've been through but because you see what it's done to them that you see or feel someone's pain and and you choose to get in the shoes or just to listen or just to be there to simply be there maybe you'll never understand exactly what they've encountered maybe someone doesn't exactly understand what you've encountered but just to be there just their presence like my friend Grecia she was there you know she was present she'd be like let me bring you some food and like she hugged Coco before he passed you know weeks before she was so intentional because she knew what was gonna happen you know she hugged him and she she did she was one of the few friends that actually got to hug him and say goodbye like intentionally you know I had told many people, like, he's, you know, he's going to go, like, he's, the times are coming, and there maybe wasn't that intentionality, but she was so intentional to say goodbye. That meant the world to me, you know, I took a picture, and that meant the world to me, and and I understand her pain, even though I'm not a cat person, you know, and when I see a cat or anything, like, I I think of her, and Sometimes, you know, I I try to be intentional about following up with her or hanging out because I know that even though it's been a little longer for her, it's still the same. It feels like it feels like they just left. It feels like it had just happened yesterday. Everything is so fresh and all the memories everywhere I go. There's still so many places I go. Like yesterday, I went to another place where it was my first time there without Coco, you know? Like, there's always going to be places where it's going to be my first time without Coco because we went everywhere together. And so, 
I'm just really grateful and and I thank you for listening if you listen to this thank you thank you for being there you don't have to listen to it I know this is not tips or you know whatever um thank you for holding that space and if you've lost someone I am sorry I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes to lose that one loved one that you lost but I know what it feels like to lose a loved one and I know it's super hard so I'm sending you love and prayers and I'm thanking you for being here being part of this being part of my journey and if you need to grieve or cry do it you know I tell people do it I'm a mess I I have ugly cried and some people think that's not being strong that that's not even if maybe it's not grief even if it's something else and you want to cry just cry you know just let it out and what happens is look look at me listen to me now listen to me now and compared to how I started talking I kept starting the episode trying not to cry and I couldn't do it and so then I was like I'm just gonna go with it I'm just gonna talk and look at me listen to my throat I feel my throat is not tight anymore you know you cry you let it out but because I let it out before I was trying to avoid crying while talking and that didn't work but now that I did cry it out I feel better and so we're gonna be okay we're gonna survive and we're gonna have many other happy moments in our lives and it's still okay to cry and it's still okay to have those moments and don't be afraid to be by yourself to cry it out to just be alone nobody else can fill that space for you all right well thanks for listening besos